0: Schwab Advisor Services is proud to support the RIA Edge podcast and equally proud to support independent financial advisors like you. In a challenging year, how did 68% of firms surveyed in Schwab's RIA Benchmarking Study meet or exceed their new client goals? By following key success factors, such as leveraging new technology, adapting strategies to win new business, and stay connected with their clients, while also attracting and developing the right talent. The Schwab RIA Benchmarking Study is just one of many ways They provide you with the insights and resources needed to succeed and grow. Get the full picture at advisorservices.schwab.com. Welcome to the RA Edge podcast. This is Mark Bruno, managing director of the wealth management group at Informa Connect. And we are incredibly excited for this episode here today of RIA Edge, where we are joined by Jackson Wood, who is a financial advisor and a portfolio manager at Freedom Day Solutions.
1: Jackson, thank you so much for being here. I appreciate it. Yeah, I appreciate the invite. I'm excited to be here, and uh, hopefully I can add something informative to the listeners. Loved all the episodes I have heard already.
0: I appreciate that. And I'm excited about this because I I, I feel like I know you because you do a fair amount of social, um, a good amount, um, and it's really high quality. But this is actually the first time that we've had a live conversation. So I appreciate you taking some time out to do this, because I think that there's a lot that we can touch on here for our audience that specifically will help them think a little bit more about how they might like to approach social, how they might like to approach content marketing. Um, And just also learn from some of the things that you've learned over the last several years here. So Jackson, before we jump in and talk a little bit more about some of the growth and the success that you've experienced over the last couple of years, I think it would be really helpful for all of our listeners just to get a good sense for, you know one, who your firm specializes in working with, um, and two, your role since you wear two hats, so to speak, at the firm.
1: Yeah, sure. So Freedom Day Solutions is the name of our RIA. We are uh, headquartered in Houston, Texas. And then I'm actually here in Idaho, about an hour south of Yellowstone National Park. I run the kind of northwest section of the business. Um, and as far as two roles at the firm, my predominant role is a financial advisor. So I work for just everyday regular families. Um, you know, here in Idaho and and some virtual clients that, you know, live throughout the US. And, you know, we build retirement portfolios with, with kind of traditional assets. We specialize in the dividend growth approach on the equity side. So we actually have an ETF that we launched May 5th of last year. And then as a portfolio manager, I actually run the crypto strategy. So we offer actively managed, directly held crypto portfolios for certain clients that want to kind of speculate on the emerging asset class. Um, But predominant role as a financial advisor, it's what I love. It's my favorite thing. The only thing in life I'm good at, so I'm fortunate to be You know, in that role. And then, you know, we're growing the crypto solution as well. So it's kind of fun to attack both sides of the risk spectrum.
0: You definitely have a a great seat and a great lens, especially with everything going on in the world um, that we've experienced over the last year or so. Um, And had I known that you were on the outskirts of a national park, I I wouldn't have done this podcast remotely. I would have tried to figure out a way to do this in person. Uh, Love it out there. It's a beautiful part of the country. So, Mm-hmm. Um, we'll have to get into that one on my you know, uh, next podcast where I visit financial advisors at all the national parks in the United States. So on the subject of growth, um, you, I, I've you looked at a lot of different things this year, talked about a lot of different things on this podcast and others. Um, and one of the themes that has really crystallized for me, for that summarizes what 2022 has been, is while it's been a bear market by and large, it feels like it has been and it still is a bull market for financial advice. Um, I'm curious, you know, one, what your experience has been like this year. And then, two, you know, as you're connecting with you know, presumably you know, younger clients and you know, more do it yourself investors, what is it that they're, what problems are they coming to you to solve, Jackson?
1: Yeah, it's a great question. So, this year, I think in financial markets has been much more difficult than the last few years. So, the value of advice, the value of just being able to kind of guide someone from where they are to where they want to be has risen exponentially. And so if you're out there as an advisor, giving that advice or you you can show people that you know what you're doing and they feel comfortable talking to you and initiating a conversation with you, I mean, that's proven to be invaluable to us with, you know, new partners coming into the firm that we're pleased and grateful to be working for, to just growing the, you know, the audience that we have on social. Um, you know, I, I think as, people navigate changes in the economy with interest rates moving. I think the value of financial planning is going up significantly. Mm -hmm. Interest rates being higher now with pressure on the labor market, with pressure on, you know, retirement portfolios, just having someone to go to, to get comforted by, to, you know, get advice from and making difficult life decisions and transitions. And we've seen our clients that we, have worked for, for years, just continue to be more grateful. And then, you know, they refer us individuals and then we get people from you know, social media that reach out. It, it's just a very good place to be in as an advisor, because we truly offer something of value to the clients. And we have seen that through you know growth and through, you know, new partners coming into the firm. And it, it's just been overall a difficult year in the markets, but it's been a good year for business primarily because the value of advice has gone up.
0: And I also think if we go back the last couple of years, starting with March 2020, um, wealthmanagement.com, RA Edge, we focus a lot on the business of the financial advice business. And we tend to talk about how well a lot of wealth management firms and RAs in particular pivoted and became virtual overnight. Um, One of the things we haven't necessarily talked about as much, though, is how much the investors have changed, right? So it went from An industry where people had to see you, right? Um, You had to meet face-to-face for them to learn how to trust you, right? That's changed tremendously. So I'm kind of curious what your experience has been there and also how you've been able to leverage, whether it's YouTube or Instagram, to cast a wider net and to gain and build trust with your new client base.
1: Yeah, it's interesting. So, with you know the technology available to us, like Zoom, which we're recording this podcast on, or you know Teams or, or Google Hangout, you know we can jump on the phone or a Zoom call with anybody and kind of have that face-to-face meeting with them. So uh, we, we have clients all over the country that I've never even met personally that I do feel like I know them. That I would consider my friends. Um, so really grateful for that. You know, in addition to you know being able to jump on the phone with them or or email back and forth, it really makes that relationship building component of the business easier. And it definitely, you know, we have lots of clients that, that we work for that we've never met face to face. And so there doesn't seem to be any sort of barrier, um, you know, with having them trust you or, or come into the firm. Um, one of the benefits of social media and our content strategy is that a lot of the time, because we're producing so much content, because we're posting so much of our lives and our our thoughts on social media, you know, the people that do reach out to schedule meetings with us have watched our podcast, have listened to 20, 30 episodes of, of our show, and they feel like they know us and they understand us before we have that kind of introduction meeting. And it it really does wonders um, for kind of that relationship building phase of, you know, getting a new client where, you know, they know our investment philosophy, they know our advice that we would give, and then we can turn it up a notch and make it very personal to them as we learn about their situation and really kind of show our expertise when it comes to building a financial plan and making recommendations. But it honestly, like that is one aspect of the of the social media strategy that I uh, didn't fully appreciate when we launched it was just the relationships that we built. We are building with people before we ever kind of initiate working for them or you know sign any sort of contract or have them as clients. It, it really does kind of bridge that gap between hiring some random person on the internet or someone you found on a Google search versus, you know, hiring someone that you feel like, you know, and that you understand a little bit about their life and, you know, their their thought process. So it's it's been invaluable to us. And definitely something that we're excited about because it's helping the firm grow. It's helping us with retention. It, it just all aspects of the business. It's helping, and not to mention, I don't think anybody ever talks about this, but it is fun. Like I, I love yeah. jumping on podcast recording time every Thursday at 11 a.m. and editing it on Monday night. Um, so I enjoy I enjoy that component of the work as well, which is something that, you know, I'm fortunate to say I enjoy doing. But it is fun.
0: Yeah, I appreciate that. And I think it's also, all you know, things being equal, if you were you know, a do-it-yourself investor who you know, you got married or you had your first kid or second kid, and then you, you get to the point where you feel like you need professional financial advice, you go, you do a Google search, you look around, and it's hard to tell the difference between you know, one wealth management firm and another just by looking at their website. When you have something like a podcast or a YouTube show, they actually get to hear your voice, and I—I've I, gotten in it before. I just at the Schwab Impact Conference a couple of weeks ago, and met a few advisors there who said, "You know, I felt like I—I I know you already because I listen to your podcast, so I can absolutely 100% connect with that point that you made." That said, I'd be interested to hear a little bit about your journey because I know you have a regular YouTube show. You also have a regular Instagram you know, show, so to speak. How did you? decide, you know, what you wanted to talk about and also you know, how you wanted to tell the story. So that it does come across in a way that's genuine and people do feel like they know you when they actually first meet with you.
1: Yeah, it's a great question. So our podcast and our YouTube show, I, I would consider them more formal um, in, in kind of our delivery and our approach. We have, you know, show notes and we prepare ahead of time and, and we talk about a different theme or topic every single week. And it's, it's very polished. You know, it is just my partner and I kind of going back and forth talking about it, but it is, there's a lot of preparation that goes into that. And that does reach a certain demographic of, you know, our audience and a certain clientele group. The Instagram show happened just randomly. One day I I was at my office and I needed to go get like a water at the gas station. And there was a and it's like a half a mile walk. So I decided I was going to just kind of walk there. And while I was walking to get a bottle of water, I pulled my phone out, had my headphones, you know, in listening, so I had my mic on there, and I just recorded just this random. 5 minute video of me talking about Roth IRAs because I had gotten a lot of questions about Roth IRAs. So from that very first episode of that I posted on Instagram, it's kind of evolved into a weekly less formal episode where, you know, sometimes I'll pull off the side of the road in my pickup truck and record something that I was thinking about. So it's, you know, not uh, a theme that we dive into like on our show where it's very uh, complex and robust and, and there's math. The Instagram side is just much more like a one-cut raw episode of anything that's in my mind. And, and those episodes come about like questions that clients will ask or things that people will DM me. And in the that in Instagram, it's a lot different because sometimes I record it at home when I'm with my kids or in the backyard playing baseball with them. I'll take a five-minute break and, you know, record that. So, It's much more raw, unedited, but it does give the viewer kind of a glimpse into my life. I think they know my kids. I'm very public about who they are and the life that we live. And so tying the two together, I think anybody that views it gets to know who I am and and what my life is like. And then when they listen to the podcast and read our blogs, they know what it is we do professionally. And so it's just, it's done wonders for for building relationships and, and new prospects and new partners coming into the firm. It's been great.
0: That's great. And I think uh, you know, the, your point there, or at least the way you've talked about the Instagram content, right? Each platform has its own personality. And obviously the audience or the users are the ones who sort of give it shape organically. And the way you use it feels very much like the way Instagram should be used. It feels very much like a modern day take on you know, that weekly, monthly, or quarterly newsletter, right? That so many advisors were sending out 10, 15, 20 years ago. But it feels like it's much more relevant right and in the conversation that you know a lot of people are actually actively looking for right uh, on their phones and on Instagram i am curious if you looked at say the last year or so uh, and you don't have to give precise numbers but i would be curious if you have a sense for how many qualified conversations you're having with people who are engaging with your content whether it's on youtube or Instagram. Were you able to give the audience a sense for just the engagement levels and how that's translated to business results?
1: Yeah, for sure. So the growth, uh, the growth rate of viewers on the show has has grown much quicker on Instagram. I think just the native kind of search functions and the fact that we're on our phones all day has led to there being more viewers on the uh, you know on the Instagram side and and the social media side. Uh, on the YouTube side, we do get you know, the people that, that listen to the podcast and view the show on YouTube. And I should say it's the same show that is on the podcast platform is on YouTube. It's just added video on YouTube. Those conversations are much longer. Uh, So when we do get someone that, that inquires or send us, send us an email from, from that platform, we tend to get more robust planning questions from that area of our social media strategy. And then on the Instagram side, it's a lot of younger people that are just starting out that are ready to get you know something serious and open Roth IRAs or brokerage accounts or whatever. So as far as new business coming in, I would say we average about five leads per week when you look at both of the uh the platforms coming in and and you know, at the firm, we don't have minimums. So um, certain things that we want to see in someone's financial life before we can recommend investing, but there's definitely not a shortage of new people coming in and new opportunities. And we stay just as busy with partner work of people that have already been clients of the firm as we do with, you know, new prospects and and new inquiries. So it's, it's growing faster than, uh, you know, than we thought it would. And, And we've actually had to kind of Beef up our internal back office operations side to make sure we can handle account openings and, and transfers of assets and you know, trading and, and all that. So it's been really great. I mean, it's forced us to go in a lot of areas and as fast as we can come out with the content, as long as it's engaging and compelling and genuine, you know, we seem to just see an ROI there with, you know, new people being interested in working with us.
0: That's great. And I remember years ago having a conversation with a couple of advisors, I was doing a panel of three advisors who actually had radio shows. And they were talking about the tens, in some cases, hundreds of thousands of leads they were getting in a given year. But they also all sort of commented that only a small portion of those leads, because it's such a wide net you cast, right? were hyper-qualified and were, quote, you know good clients in the end. I'm curious if you've had a similar experience or if you look out at the, say, 250 leads you know, in a given year that your content may be generating, how much did they feel like the type of client that you want to be working with specifically?
1: Yeah, I would say with only a few of them probably weren't ready to invest with us. Mm -hmm. Uh, What we had to do when we post links, you know, to contact the firm in the show notes of the podcast or in the description of the Instagram video, it takes them to a landing page on our website where they're required to fill out, uh, you know, some information and some background. And so we intentionally made it a little bit of work for them to contact us so that we could kind of filter out those that weren't quite ready or a little timid about it. And then if you're willing to go through and do the work and fill out the contact information and give us some background on your situation, it's kind of a signal to us that they're ready to go and they're ready to start investing with us. So we tried to create, I don't like using the word word filter, but we just wanted to create a process that they could go through to signal to us that they were ready to, to invest and to get started. And so that's, that's worked great. I mean, as far as like gathering emails and, and people viewing and subscribers, that's growing much quicker than the people that are reaching out to us. But the work that we've done and the way that we have very specific calls to action in the content you know at the end of our YouTube show and in the end of the uh, Instagram videos you know, we do say, hey, if you're ready to invest and if this sounds like you and you want to get started, let us know click the link in the description. And so with the the filter on the website and kind of the call to action, the people that make it through are, are relatively qualified and we're ready to get working with them. That's
0: good to know. And I appreciate you providing as much sort of specific detail as you you have. It's important because we've talked to firms on this show that are 25 to $30 billion firms, one in particular that added a billion in net new assets last year, strictly through digital marketing. But you don't necessarily have to have a CMO and a massive marketing department to make progress, right? And to have a voice and to connect with people who actually need your help, right? And your guidance. And I think, you know, the way you've walked through your content strategy, your social journey, and how it's resonated and connected with the right group of people is really important because I think there are a lot of other people out there that are probably trying to figure out if they haven't already, right? How to, what what the appropriate first step would be to be a little bit more socially active, to perhaps launch a, a podcast or some other video show. So with that, Jackson, I would ask, you yeah, what would be, for somebody who's thinking about you know, a similar journey, you know, they know they have to be more active, they know they want to be telling their story, but in a different and more relevant way. What's your best piece of advice for somebody who's looking to get a start?
1: Yeah, it's a great question. So the, the one thing that I would say is that almost all of our industry is built on relationships. And so what we try to do with our content is just portray a very accurate vision of who we are as advisors and portfolio managers so our content is raw it's organic you know it's not polished like you would see on you know some shows or some some podcasts and we intentionally do it like that so the biggest hesitation is is just at least for us was you know are people going to listen are they going to like this and what we realized is well we already have clients that like us because you know they know who we are as advisors and they know our process so there's got to be more people out there like the people we're already working for. And so when we built our strategy, it was as simple as me on a walk to go buy a bottle of water talking into my phone. And I'm sure I look like a goofball walking down the street talking into my phone. Uh, but like, I, I can't stress enough like how much people like the content, how many messages I get, how many emails I get, People are sharing it on the analytics of Instagram. You can see how many times your video has been shared. So that means someone watched your video and then sent it to a friend or you know someone that they know on social media. And that's just continuing to grow every single time we publish an episode. And the rule that we set for ourselves was just be yourself. Just talk about your life. Talk about these different things. Answer questions that people have in a very personable um just genuine way i mean i think in our industry we use a lot of jargon and we can very very quickly talk you know in a language that people don't understand and so what we try to do is just make sure that we deliver it in a way that would make sense as if you know there were an attorney or a cpa talking to us well, we would need them to make it you know the appropriate version that we could understand and so as we do that people just fall in love with the content and then eventually they reach out to us so just start. I mean, think of me walking down the street, to the gas station, <laughs> holding my phone in the air and then filming, you know, I bought a mic and a, and a computer on, on Amazon. And we just kind of went for it with the podcast. But if we hadn't taken that first step, I don't think we would be where we are today.
0: Yeah. I think one of the points that you made in there that I just wanted to put at eye level for, the, for our listeners or your level, I should say, was you're also communicating with your existing clients, right? So it's not all about marketing and prospecting, right? And I think that's something that's really important because if you think about how many advisors are making phone calls or how many are writing you know, emails and newsletters and doing real sort of one-to-one communication that could be scaled more effectively, um, not eliminated completely, right? The one-to-one. But you know, the podcast is a great way to keep all of your clients in the loop with your thoughts on the market, the economy, and you know where we're heading in, you know, at this point of the year, 2023. Um, and the shelf life you know, tends to last for quite a while too. People will always be you know, doing Google searches for Roth IRA versus traditional IRA. Um, so it's just another way to be found. So I appreciate you adding that much color. And I think you know, I mentioned 2023, and it feels like the most appropriate way to end here. You know Jackson, as you look into next year, what are some plans that you have for maybe trying some new things or leaning in to areas that have been particularly effective for you and the firm?
1: Yeah, it's a good question. I actually just finished my 2023 marketing plan last week and shared it with my partner Ryan. Um, you know, we're going to continue perfecting the social strategies that we have imp- implemented this far. So I'm really going to focus in 23 on the Instagram show the engagement and the just the level of, of views is, is so much better on Instagram than any other platform that we do have. Uh, so I'm going to continue there. And then I think a very important thing to do is once you publish the content and we're going to get better at this going into 23, we're going to continue to share that content. So once you publish it, you get an initial wave of views and engagement. Um, we're going to follow that up you know a couple of times a week with different posts on different platforms. And then one area that we're focusing on um, going into 2023, and I've actually just been setting this up. So it's an experiment. We'll see how it goes. We're going to really focus on LinkedIn company pages and on Facebook groups. I've just heard a lot of success for people building, you know, brand uh, awareness and, and getting engagement through Facebook groups and LinkedIn company pages. So I'm excited to dive into that. I, I wouldn't say I'm an expert on those yet, but it is something that we're going to kind of expand into. And some of the advisors and and uh, you know CMOs we've talked to have found tremendous success on on those avenues. So maybe I'm giving out our secrets, but if it works for us, it's probably bound to work for someone else as well.
0: Yeah, it's uh, something, it's a reason for us to reconnect at some point, you know, mid 2023, or this time next year, just to get a sense for you know, how that's played out and what else you've learned. But for you know, today, Jackson, thank you so much for sharing your story. And in the process, I think giving our audience and our listeners a, a really good framework for thinking about how they can not only market themselves, but you find their voice and connect with a broader base of client, existing clients and potential clients. So Jackson, thank you so much for joining us. I appreciate
1: it. Uh, definitely. I appreciate the invite.
0: And again, Jackson Wood, thank you very much for sharing your point of view and your experience on leveraging social media and podcast content to connect with the next generation of investors. We appreciate you stopping by the podcast. And thank you everybody for tuning in here today. It's Mark Bruno, Managing Director of the Wealth Management Group at Informa Connect. And we look forward to having you all back on the very next episode of the RIA Edge podcast. Take care, everyone. Schwab Advisor Services is proud to support the RIA Edge podcast and equally proud to support independent financial advisors like you. In a challenging year, how did 68% of firms surveyed in Schwab's RIA benchmarking study meet or exceed their new client goals? By following key success factors, such as leveraging new technology, adapting strategies to win new business, and stay connected with their clients, while also attracting and developing the right talent. The Schwab RIA Benchmarking Study is just one of many ways it provide you with the insights and resources needed to succeed and grow. Get the full picture at advisorservices.schwab.com.